This is a podcast for the moments in life you say to yourself, now what? We will uncover hard topics such as fertility, infertility, the challenges it can bring to women in marriages, miscarriages, abortion, womanhood, identity, motherhood, and more. Wherever you're listening, we're so glad you're here. Now here's Kristen Comstock. So I think that part of my story is that I was so busy with some of these other kids that I was able to put it in the back mm-hmm. back burner so much. If I'd had no children at home, I actually think that it would have been harder in a lot of ways because it's more obvious. Right. So for me, I feel like I had maybe the easier road in a way is that I was so busy with diapering and mothering and pottying and teaching right. them to swim right. and all that, that I wasn't it wasn't just me and my husband alone in a big quiet house and i think that would have affected me in a different way that mm-hmm. i can't speak to you can speak to better yeah i think for me it, i i think i do the same thing even though we don't have kids at home i ha- all my energy is put in other places you know mm-hmm. i have you know multiple businesses and and stuff like that and so i that's where i that's where i put my energy um, because the pain of coming home to an empty house, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have five animals inside. <laughs> that doesn't include the animals outside. And, you know, I'm an animal lover. So a piece mm-hmm. of that is, uh, I love animals. Right. A piece of that is, I can't come home to a quiet house because I'm probably going to be in bed crying all day, every day because I, it, almost feels like a a piece of you is missing it is i I, the point uh the term that i've called it is empty arms i mean here my arms were extremely full my diaper bag Mm -hmm. and everything was extremely full but there was a piece that was missing and i can't explain that any other way than my arms felt empty there was something missing you're a mom Mm -hmm. dealing with infertility which is Mm -hmm. really weird to say Mm -hmm. because it's not and this is the thing that, you know, sometimes people can, well, I've heard people say, well, you have six kids or, well, you can adopt or mm-hmm. you can foster or you don't have to have kids. Right. It's not, the fertility piece is not always about having the child, like right. physically here on earth. Right. Like I know for me, I want to experience, we're not necessarily against, against adoption right. or fostering or, you know, all it's the not a options. Right. Again, it's not mm-hmm. a substitute. Um, but a piece of it for me is I want to experience, mm-hmm. uh, there's this draw to yep. physically birthing a child. And it is a God-given, God-created yep. draw. And so when you're created yep. by God <laughs> to bear children... And that's missing from your life, whether you are like me and don't have any children yet, or like you and you have six children, all special needs that require a good bit of attention. It doesn't. But it's the same. It's the same. It is. It is. It's just behind different details. I mean, multiply and replenish the earth. It's a command and it's and it's put into our DNA to want to go do this. And we feel drawn towards that. So you're still in the middle of your story, right? Right. So I can tell you that I now know the end of my story. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, a couple of years ago, they ended up needing to do a full hysterectomy. Now I'm beyond where I even want to have a birth child. You know, I'm beyond those ages. I'm 53, right? So, right. I mean, unless I'm Sarah and my husband keeps saying, well, we could be Sarah. And I'm like, don't make me do that. I'll settle for grandchildren. 
Um, so I know the end of my story is, you know, I had a full hysterectomy and so forth. So there's, you know, unless God wants to do that kind of weird miracle, and I'm asking him not to, um, my story is that I will never have children in this life that look like my husband and me. Mm-hmm. And that's painful to say. Yeah. And it wasn't until 50 that I knew the end of my story mm-hmm. when I had that hysterectomy. Even then, I was still hoping. That was, there was kind still... of a stamp, a mm-hmm. final stamp on mm-hmm. that piece of your story right and I I had to do it medically there was a need for medically that Mm -hmm. I needed to have that removed but it it did it put a period at the end of the sentence and it was painful in a way that I couldn't express I I woke up on the maternity ward Mm. and drugged and lost a lot of blood and the surgery didn't go well and I remember waking up and I remember hearing a child crying a newborn that newborn cry and I just I lost it and how painful and almost I thought how cruel cruel. yes I did I thought how cruel this was you could put me on any floor you put me on the baby floor Mm. and that it, it just for some reason it just seemed like a a cruel you asked about the spiritual part Mm. at that moment I felt like God had let me down Mm. partly I let my husband down but I felt like God had let me down yeah and that's not something I like to say often or openly but we need to say it out loud it's a difficult thing to say and going back to talking about the effects so there's not just the you know we kind of talked a little bit about the outsider looking in making Mm -hmm. comments and stuff like that they don't know any better but it's painful But then you've got the what's inside your mind and your heart. Yes. So let's talk about what goes on inside of your mind and your heart when you're not able to do the thing that you, like you said, it's in our DNA mm-hmm. that you're meant to do. Right. And I know if I don't do it that God still loves me. He does. And the reality is I really know that if I don't do it, my husband loves me. Right. But. but. <laughs> yep. The but piece of that is. Yep is the things I've told myself is, yep. you know, and I even told you this before, I don't think I would have, I love my husband so mm-hmm. much and I'm so proud to be his wife and carry mm-hmm. his name. I don't know that had I known all the things that we were going to go through and all the years of struggle and we're still in that, like we're still, like you said, we're still in our story. I don't know that I could have said yes to him hmm. because I feel like I feel like I gave him a broken woman that can't do what we're meant to do. And hmm. I gave him an incomplete wife. Oh. Um, and that's really hard to say. And mm-hmm. if he was sitting in here, he would say, he oh, would honey, say, of course. I love you yeah. so much. I don't feel that way. Yeah, I know. But that's how I feel. And in the midst of getting doctors, negative doctor news after news after news after news, I can't help but think I feel so guilty. Mm -hmm. I feel the same. Something that's completely outside of your control. I, I, I'm glad you said that because I feel the same way. And my husband is beautiful and would do the same thing as your husband and say, oh, of course not. That's ridiculous. But I agree. It's like we signed a contract and the contract in there, everybody assumes like, and have babies. You know, it was right. just assumed that that's in the contract. Right. And we had no idea we, we wouldn't be able to fill that side of the contract. Would they have still signed it? I think yes. But we, we say, I don't know that we would have put them through that. Right. Or, and even, you know, depending on your relationship, you might even question what they have, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably true. Yeah. In our case, I, I know it's in not. In our case, right. the answer is no. Um, but 
And, and in some cases, in some cases, the answer is no. I, I because agree. Because there have been many, many divorces over infertility yep. or over someone wanting children True. and the other person not wanting children. True. Um, Good point. I, I mean, it has been marriage ending. I agree. Well, I was at a, at a doctor's office, a urogynecologist just this week. I'm still continuing to have female-related problems. And to this day, they'll say, you know, how many vaginal births did you have? How many live births did you have? And I have to write down a big fat zero. Literally this week mm-hmm. is just another one. And the, and the man, the doctor asked me, why not? Okay, do I really have to go down this road right now? And are we talking about medically, do you want to know? Because that's a little different, but it's irrelevant. And so it's here it is literally all these years later, and it's still coming up as an issue that I I shouldn't have to to bring this painful thing up over and over again. But it's it's, here I'm a failure again. Let's just get that out of the way right away. But it's, it's sad to me. So what, yeah, let's talk about what other, I mean, we talk a piece about, you know, being in a, in a relationship with your husband and your spouse and dealing with some of the things you think like, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm not living up to maybe what his expectations are or I'm letting him down. But what about some of the other stuff we tell ourselves just about being Mm. a woman? Mm. I think there's so many, like I even told my husband if, years ago now it's too late so he stuck with me but if I had died early on or something go remarry make sure it's somebody who can have your baby Mm -hmm. that was a conversation we had and he was like well that's ridiculous but it was something that was important enough to me to be able to articulate Mm -hmm. but I just think that it it's so pervasive I mean you not to go political right now and I don't want to go down that road (laughs) but even the word like what is a woman and those conversations, sometimes it's defined as the ability to have children. Mm-hmm. That has been, over the years, one of the things that goes in there. Well, I guess I'm not a woman then. Right. I guess, yeah, because I can't, I haven't, I haven't been able to bear any children. So now I'm not right. classified a woman. So when am I? <laughs> I well, I don't, you know? well, I don't know. Well, Congress can't right, figure it out right, either. Right. But so, but that's, the, it's those kind of things. Am I incomplete? I also, for me, it goes back to, I also feel if I had pursued this out loud, very loudly, does that say something to my children who are adopted, that I would have mm-hmm. valued them, this new baby, more? And so I, right. I even continued to suffer in silence, even with my children. And so it wasn't until now that my children are old enough and they're teens that we could have these adult kind of conversations. Right. Like I say to one of my kids, I mean, I was born at home uh, years ago, right? And I've never been in the room when any baby has ever been born. Mm. And I feel cheated mm. with that. So I indoctrinate my children early, especially my daughters. Like, <laughs> when you have children, would you please, please, please give me the honor of being, ooh, see, that's painful, is to be in the room when mm. a baby's born. Because I, other than my own birth, I've never been in the room. Here I have six children, and that's mm. an example of something that I haven't had. Uh, you, you you talked about the jokes. I, I cover with jokes too. Like what's the difference between adoption and, you know, homegrown? I said stretch marks. Mm. You know, I've come up with these silly little things to protect me. But the truth is there's a, there's a lot of experiences that I'll never, never get to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I start to wonder like what happens to these babies? What happens to this child? You know, there's all the different doctrines of what happens to mm. them and things. Well, I see them. And I know people who have prayed about it and even gotten like a name and, mm-hmm. a, and a gender for their for their child that was mm-hmm. miscarried. But what about the ones for infertility? They're, it's a, they don't exist. And so the ones that never 
made it, but you're only in your heart. Yeah, the children in your heart are you can't even quantify. It, it's it's almost you know, and especially when you're at the end of this part of your journey, it's it's really a death of a dream. To, mm-hmm. I mean, you're grieving the loss of a child that you never held in your arms for a miscarriage. You're also grieving a loss of yes. a child you never held in your arms for for infertility. Right, and so it's. It's one of those things you're grieving somebody that never existed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how do you grieve somebody that never existed? And it's a very weird thing to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think our culture does very well with grief and loss to begin with of any type. And so when it comes to death and dying and so forth, it's very difficult. And so if it's a miscarriage, that's hard enough. Right. right? So that's... Uh, you don't have a funeral, you don't have pictures, you don't have a place to go to mourn or whatever. And so that's almost not real enough. But if you take, and those are hard and I experience those and I know you do too. But the one about infertility, I don't even have a loss other than, like you said, a loss of a a dream. So where I went to it was, um, I truly felt let let down by my own body. Mm. I was mad at my body. And I ended up, I think I have a lot of health challenges. I'm not sure I didn't have to lose my uterus and so forth right. because of feeling so um, betrayed by my body. We even called it like a birth mom mm-hmm. or a, a tummy mommy is what my kids called like their birth families little. So tummy, obviously that's not where you carry a baby. Right, right, right. But I ended up having tummy problems, stomach problems. And I sit there and I go, was that partly, you're talking about stress earlier. Did I, you know, manifest some of these mm. like issues that are psychological into my own body? Because I talked about, you know, and I held that there. Do I hold my grief in this area mm. and the grief of the the babies that never were here right. that, that are there? So I even think I've potentially manifested some psychological and physical issues. Yeah. And so this leads us into a next piece of this conversation. And we're really only hitting the wave tops. I mean, we could oh, sit yeah. here and talk about this for hours, <laughs> but that leads to the next point of the conversation, especially if you have either grown up in the church or have learned different doctrines. I know you talked about, you know, you were raised and you've experienced a couple different doctrines throughout your life so far. And, um, you know, people within the church can even say hurtful things like, well, you don't have enough faith. If you just had a little more faith, obviously God's going to bless you with that miracle child. And, you know, you're talking about physically um, holding on to maybe Mm -hmm. the stress or the anxiety, but it's so true. And I tell my husband this all the time because, you know, doctors are like, you need to just be relaxed relaxed and, (laughs) you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm stressing out about not stressing out. It's stressing me out to think about not stressing out. Who's um, ever relaxed when they were told to be calm? Right, like, seriously. Right, right. So, but truthfully, there are, you know, we look at, let's look at support within the church body for mm. something like this, for the infertility. What does that look like? Mm. So for my, my experience, it was quite the opposite of support. It mm. was actually almost everything was extremely negative. And um, maybe looking back, I think can't all have been negative. So maybe I just blocked out the good stuff and I only remember the, the bad, but there was a lot of bad. I can tell you that my agnostic or atheist friends were very sympathetic and very kind to me. And I'm so sorry that you're going through this kind of things. Mm. And the religious um, folks tended to... Um, do platitudes and tell me 
well, if you just had more faith or, you know, what secret sin do you have that has caused this? And, you know, all these like Job-like friends that were very not helpful along the way. Which can, just pausing on that, like what secret sin do you have? Because I've heard people say that before. And it can almost cause you to almost not make something up, but you're sitting there searching Mm -hmm. for all these things. What did I have any childhood traumas right and and you're you're really begin searching for an mm-hmm. answer mm-hmm. that potentially is not there I mean you might maybe you think of something but right that doesn't necessarily mean it's directly related to the whether cause. you can have a child or no. not um and so it leaves you really beginning at that point to question your identity because what that message yep. says is that if you do blank then you get God's to reward yeah mm-hmm. and conditional he is not a uh, you don't have to do anything to get his love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now that doesn't mean you can go around doing whatever you want yeah. and be like oh yeah. my yeah. god's gonna forget right my grace may abound yeah me mm-hmm. um he will but don't yeah. use that a reason Absolutely. to go around and sin but a lot of times that that's what can potentially happen is that now now we're now we're sending the message that you have to do blank, name yep. whatever it is, in order right. to receive God's love. And you have to do blank in order to receive God's blessing. And in this right. case, it's a child, naturally. Right. And and if I knew the magic formula, I would have done it. Yeah. Apparently, there wasn't one in my case. I don't know. Right. Like, if I had just prayed enough, if I had just right. hoped enough, believed enough, you know, whatever it is, that I would have this, this child so um, clearly I didn't figure out the combination and I don't think that that's how it's supposed to be. And so I think sometimes when we don't know as humans, we we fabricate things to make it make sense. Right. So like, oh, it must be sin or it must be this or whatever. Right, but right. when the truth is God gets to determine how this goes and I've learned more in my lifetime as I've gotten, the older I've gotten, Ask me in 50 more years what I think. But for now, where I am is, I don't know if it's as much about what I do is I get participate with God. God has this great, amazing plan. Mm-hmm. And what is that plan? And I just want to partner with him on his plan. Mm-hmm. And so he's put these desires in my heart. I assume that, you know, they're going to work out that way. But what happens to these children, you mentioned, uh, like, yeah, a really horrible, devastating doctrine that I was taught is that unless they breathe the breath of life, they they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I had believed that was a possibility. And so even when I lost this child, mm-hmm. I didn't see them running around on the streets of gold and living, you know, right. with Jesus and learning to grow up. And I'll see them one day. I saw this miracle child as something that I will never get to experience. Mm-hmm. I've thankfully come to a different belief of of that this child is safe in the palm of god's hands Mm. and the but the now back to infertility this child's not safe in the palm of god's (laughs) hands he's only he or she's only in my heart right so how do you how do you rectify that right now with infertility yeah i i think with the point at which that i'm in right now is the biggest thing i've struggled with is the hope piece yes because, you know, like you said, we go through this long journey and we get pregnant and yeah. we're going to have a baby, obviously. And then that didn't happen and we miscarried. Now what? And now what? 
And so it it's a, such a struggle, you know, because a lot of times when you hear these stories, you hear the glimpse and then you hear the end and the good part. Yeah. And, you know, right in the middle, you know, what people are looking at as a quick minute, you know, they're going to listen to this. This is a few minutes. But right. the years of experiencing, like, even though I know that I don't, me having enough faith isn't going to make me pregnant, I still have to, without hope, what is there? I have to hold on to hope that God's going to fulfill my right. dreams. It's one of the reasons that I don't often tell my story about infertility to somebody like you mm-hmm. is because my story didn't end up right. 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 So I, I don't even have that to offer you. Right. Like right. I have a beautiful family. I am fulfilled. Right. I have, you know, I'm a, a wonder, a mom of a lot of beautiful children. I'm going to be a grandmother one day. My life is great. However, at the same time, I don't have a happily ever after story right. for you. Right. And so I often don't even share this part of my story right. for people like you because I don't want to take away your hope. Right. Right. And, and it is hard and, and, but it is a reality and if we don't speak, and there are the women that have infertility, and then now they have 10 kids. Yep, they do. And it's amazing. Yep. But we've got to speak to the women that either are currently going through infertility or who have been through infertility, yep. and it hasn't ended how they had it in their mind. Mm-hmm. And for some, you know, the, the adoption isn't substitute, but you are a mom yeah and so for some that story never even ends in motherhood right so they have the the um loss of fertility of actually bearing a child but for some they also have loss of the dream of being a mother it's two separate it is two separate dreams you have the dream to fulfill like you said what's built in our dna right and you have the dream to become a mother right potentially and so some people ends with loss in both. I agree. And we've got to speak to those people. So what do we say to someone that is experiencing infertility or that has and it hasn't ended how they mm-hmm. thought they were how they thought it was going to end? What do we say to them? Mm. I don't think there's a one size fits all. I know that it partly depends on where they are in their spiritual journey and you know what kind of thoughts they have is like, for example, for you, the Mm. way I would speak to you is I will hold out hope for you. Mm. I will pray with you. I will, I will do until you tell me to stop. Mm. I'm going to hold up your hands like, you know, Moses's, you know, family did for him. And I will hold up that hope for you. Even when you lose hope some days, Mm -hmm. I want to do that for you. That's the kind of conversation that I would do is, is let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Mm -hmm. You know, my story doesn't have to be your story. Um, Maybe you, you know, there's things that will happen differently for you. So my story won't be yours, but I will hold out hope even when you can't. Mm -hmm. And when you're done, if ever you're done, you tell me to stop hoping with you Mm -hmm. because I'm going to hope until you do. So those are the kind of things that I think that I would do is one, not a one size fits all. What, what message would you want to hear right now? Yeah, I think the, the most helpful message for me, and I'm still in this journey, so Mm -hmm. my journey hasn't been completed yet, is really the, the encouragement and the hope when I don't have it. Mm -hmm. And that comes in waves. So we had a miscarriage and we experienced that. We actually have 
had a second one that I haven't even talked about. Um, And so it comes in waves where there's hope because this is going to happen. Yep. And then your whole heart is ripped out of your chest and it's not going to happen. And then there's hope. And so on those really down waves where I really just want to like smash something. Yep. (laughs) Um, Having those people that can come around and say, okay, we're not there. Because it's so easy to think about the future. What if this never happens? What if I'm... The biggest thing, and not to take away from anyone that has a child and then has experienced infertility, but one of the hardest things for me is I'm not a mom at all yet. Right. So I'm not only am I dealing with an infertility journey, but I haven't yet become a mom. And so there's two things I'm missing. Right. Whether it's adoption or a child naturally, I haven't yet become a mom. And... Let me take that back. I am a mom. Yes, you are. My kids aren't here. Yeah. So I haven't yet been able to Hold mother mm-hmm. on earth. Yes. And as creatures that are on earth, uh, yeah. we want to mother. <laughs> we want to experience some of those physical now, now Absolutely. things. Um, so I would say for people to help me mm-hmm. with encouragement and hope, knowing my journey is not over. And if my journey ends and neither of them come true, then I'm going to need a different support. Right. But right now, it's right. the it's the encouragement and the hope of this isn't over. Yeah. We're on this journey, but it's not over. I think you're extremely brave to be able to put this out there. And I would continue to encourage you to not go dark mm. on this because I think that's the easiest thing to do is, is, you know, I wanted to retreat in on myself. I want to share that, not share this piece of my heart with anybody. Right. And I don't want to share this part of, of the pain. And right. I was easy to go dark or quiet. And I would encourage you to continue not to do that. Yeah, I think that's an important piece because it's so easy, especially with social media, right? Everybody yeah. and their mom is having kids and you know people let's say you see somebody from high school or somebody from college or you know at the church uh, at the church or whatever and you know they've got their family photos online and it's so easy to just want to completely just cave into yourself yep um and there's also a element of embarrassment yep you know you're speaking out about this i'm speaking out about this and there's a level of embarrassment Mm -hmm. in what gets sucked shame you get sucked back into is the shame of not being able to do what you were created to mm-hmm. do and the embarrassment of oh, is my husband embarrassed of me um is he ashamed that we're married and i haven't been able to give him this gift of life that looks like me and him yep um so yeah it, it is really easy to get sucked into that that conversation really in your head What's well, the whole Rahab thing? I mean, that's another whole long story itself is a substitute, you know, like that was what she was trying to offer was, you know, oh, here, I can't have a kid. Here, let's do a substitute. And so I think our brains and in the natural try to go in a lot of different options. But uh, I just think that having these conversations, like let's have the hard conversations. Nobody's ever asked me these questions. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about this. And I don't advertise, hey, me, I was, you know, I've got all these kids and yet I'm still infertile. I also mm-hmm. had, a, had a miscarriage. Like that's not, you know, right. dining room conversation that right. comes up often, partly because of the shame associated for my own self, but also, like you said, for my husband. Right. Because if you're going to mm-hmm. seek help, then you're open about it, which means people are going to know mm-hmm. 
not just that, oh, I don't want kids. The easy answer is we don't want any kids. Right. Because then you don't have to talk about it. Exactly. But once people know you want kids, then the question is, all right, it's, it's been 10 years. Yeah, get on <laughs> I it. I thought you guys wanted kids, you know. Yeah. Um, so in wrapping up, what would you say to somebody that's <laughs> listening to this? And maybe this is bringing up feelings that they've stuffed away. What would you say to somebody to encourage them to um, either find somebody that can walk alongside them mm -hmm. or what would just be something that you can encourage them with? I actually think what you just said is is what first comes to my head is don't do this alone. I think that it, we take power over lies and deception and shame and guilt by sharing it carefully with the right people right. in a right way. You Safe don't just with people. everybody, but yeah, find your tribe whether that's one person or three people or whatever that is, and and find find the ability to share this carefully and uh, with others who will receive that and and take care of your heart because what you're really doing is and say let me let me open up and share with you a broken part of my heart that mm. I don't share with anybody right. and I need you to be careful with my heart mm. because when I share this with you I need you to be really careful with that mm -hmm. and so like when you share with me even today you know, you've experienced yet another loss, you know, mm -hmm. my heart immediately melds with your heart. Mm -hmm. And I want to be so effortlessly careful mm -hmm. with your heart not to break it even further because it's, right. it's fragile, right? right? So if you are in the place where your heart is broken, but you've stuffed it down so much, the first is to say, hey, can I acknowledge that by bringing it up, I will not break Mm. And that I, I need to pull this out because it's bringing us down, whether that's emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, it, it spiritually, all mm. those things. It's it's the stuff we keep shoving under right. the rug. And it, it can even keep us removed for, from our community. For sure. And I know there are healthy ways to do that mm -hmm. and not healthy ways, you know, and not healthy ways to completely isolate yourself and not be surrounded with anyone. For me right now, a healthy way for me to go about the part of my journey is I can't go to baby showers right now. No. It's not I don't want to be there. It's not that I'm not happy for someone else. I'm not jealous of them. Yeah. But to protect my heart. Absolutely. And not to put myself in a place where I want to isolate. I am going to, in a healthy way, remove myself from those environments for this period of time. 100%. I, I can tell you I did not go to baby showers until after I'd had my um, hysterectomy. I couldn't. I'd send a gift, but I would not be there. I could not be there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, we just have to be watchful of in what ways we are protecting our hearts yeah. and what ways are not a healthy way to do that. Right. I would say, though, to me, I think one of the first things is that this is, if this is bringing up, you know, feelings for somebody that have been stuffed way down to start to maybe write it down in a journal and start to say, what are those feelings that I have mm -hmm. stuffed for so long? Maybe share with that, your best friend or something that who, who would understand that, but start the conversation. You don't know where it'll go and it won't take, you know, it won't happen immediately, but right. start the conversation. Right. Just have a start of that conversation. Mm -hmm. So before we end, we're mm -hmm. going to end with some scripture. Yay. Um, and this is one that you um, gave me that I, I just think is a great, scripture to read maybe when you're struggling mm -hmm. um, and of course can apply to all types of scenarios but this is something that's been dear to you so it's Psalms 56 8 through 13 and it says <laughs> you have taken account for my wanderings and put my tears in your bottle they are not recorded 
Are they not recorded in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise. In God, I have put my trust and confidence. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Your vows are binding upon me. O oh God, I will give thanks, thank, thankful offerings to you. For, for you have rescued my soul from death, yes, and my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the light of life. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to quickly read the message version just because it's such a fun mm-hmm. version of this Love scripture. It. And it says, you've kept track of my every toss and turn through the sleepless nights. And I love that because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many nights are sleepless. Sure. Each tear entered into your ledger, each ache written in your book. If my enemies run away, turn turn tail when I yell at them, then I'll know that God is on my side. I am proud to praise God, proud to praise God. Fearless now, I trust God. Where can mere mortals, what can mere mortals do to me? God you did everything you promised. I am thanking you with all my heart. You pulled me from the brink of death, my feet of the cliff edge of doom. Now I stroll at leisure with God in sunlit fields of life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a piece of encouragement, hope that somebody can read mm-hmm. either at the end of their fertility journey or in the midst of their fertility journey. I have to believe that those scriptures mean... <clears throat> I don't have to understand it all Mm -hmm. to still trust them. Like I still never got to hold a baby in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, And God is still good. Mm -hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, yet it all counts. And that's why that scripture about the um, every tear, you've you've shed many. I've shed many over this, and Mm -hmm. I continue to do. And now I shed it for other people. My heart breaks for other people who are going through this. The truth is God is still good. Mm. even if we don't see it, even if I don't get what I want in this life, God is still good. And I have to go back to that every single time. I have to know who I am and who he is. And that's what gets me through those dark nights. But not to say that let's just gloss over. There are a lot of really dark nights and there still are. There still are sometimes, just like I said, just this week. Here's the, you know, like, oh, failure, you know. Right. And yet God is still good. And I have to come back to that. But you can't start there. You have to come to that at the end. Right. Well, I just want to thank you for being here and sharing and opening up a part of your story. Um, And I just want to say to our listeners, if this is bringing up emotions or feelings for you, um, or you have been struggling with infertility, please reach out to us. We'd love to pray with you and also direct you towards the right resources. So thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me today. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Now What with Kristen Comstock. Be sure to turn on your notifications so you don't miss the next episode. See you next time.